0: Welcome back to the Stars Lockdown Conversations podcast. We're going to be chatting to you every day about your lockdown experiences. And today we're joined by the lovely Charlotte Williams from Barnsley, who was recently awarded a Barnsley Spirit Award for outstanding contribution to her community during the pandemic. Charlotte, thank you so much for coming and having a chat with me. Hi Nikki, it's lovely to catch up with you. How are you keeping? It is, yes. Very good, thank you. Well, so say very good. I don't think anybody's very good at the minute. Middling, we're middling, aren't we? We're just getting through. I mean, we're just almost a week now into lockdown too. How are you? How are the family? Well, we're very lucky. You
1: know, the family's well, everybody's well resourced. Um, we haven't had too many big major upsets, but obviously we take each day at a time. And you've just got to do the best you can with what you've got. And that's our sort of philosophy going forward.
0: And I think that's true for lots of people. It's true. It's one that'll serve you well, isn't it? I mean, going into the first lockdown was such a strange time because unlike this time around, we we really had no idea what to expect, did we? Which I think is the hardest part. In addition to not knowing how long it was going to last, there were a lot of concerns around all kinds of things. I mean, I was worried. I don't know about you. I was worried about... know are are the supermarkets going to be able to get in the foods? Will we ever see a full toilet roll shelf again? Um, You know are people going to start protesting against this idea of being locked away but so far we seem to have been doing okay. Um, How how did you find that whole time back in March? Like yourself it sort of took me by surprise
1: and it was really hard to imagine what would happen next because normally when thing, new things happen, I, I my standpoint would be, well, that was similar to that, you know, planning a wedding's like planning an engagement, which is like planning a kid's birthday party. So yeah. you've got your markers that you work towards. And I just, for me, for the first fortnight, I was almost in denial, just thinking, oh, it'll be like a snow day, and we'll <laughs> just stop for a bit. And then it felt really scary, because mm-hmm. people were talking about shortages of things like medicines and that. Now, luckily, we're not dependent on anything. But my mum's elderly and her health hasn't been great. And I suddenly thought, well, what would happen if she couldn't get her tablets? And, you know, so it's yeah. a roller rollercoaster for me that first month. And, yeah, just I think it's the unknown. I think for most people, the unknown is the most frightening thing
0: in the world. I agree. I mean, that uh, talking about medication, you're right. I'd, I'd almost forgotten back in the first couple of weeks, Imy became quite poorly. Imy's my six-year-old uh, and she became quite poorly with what was potentially COVID. We're not sure. She was um, running a temperature and she had a cough. And I remember we, we couldn't get Calpol, which is, you know, you can't imagine a time when you go, but the, the, the supermarket shelves were just cleared of Calpol. And, you know, it seems like such a strange thing. To, to not be able to get you know it's it's not something you can ever imagine there would be a shortage of, but it is it's that fear isn't it of suddenly needing something and it not just being easily accessible because we're very we're very lucky over here, aren't we? Most of the time what we need is right there yeah, and I think for me that also met with a couple of like moments
1: of dilemma because I know that my grandson who's three you know, they were saying, well, they were going to keep a bottle of cow pollen and then they realised they couldn't get any. And they said, oh, if you see some, will you pick it up and get it across to us somehow safely? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I felt a bit like I was on a mission and (laughs) I'd have to find some. And if I saw some, I might buy two bottles. And then I thought, oh, that's really greedy then because then somebody can't have two bottles. And then I was like, yeah, But if my grandson needs it, then maybe I will take two bottles. And, you know, and so, so, you know, there was a lot of that sort of thing where, and I think that's overthinking way too much. But you know, I, I think this was all we had to think about. Yeah. Do you look for yourself? Are you going to do a bigger picture? Who's going to shop for your neighbors? But if you're shopping for your neighbors, who's shopping for your mom? You know, and I think. Or, you know, it it made us all reflect, and also I absolutely agree when you said we take all these things for granted and we're very lucky. And actually, when you think how frightened we all were about not having basics, and some people live like that every single day, and we just had months of it. And please God, it'll soon be more settled for us.
0: Yeah, and hopefully,
1: a bit more compassionate about other people and why do people hoard things and lie about what they've got and haven't
0: got you know maybe it's a bit of fear going on there I mean we we all got quite cross at people for for stockpiling but you're right I mean I think in a lot of cases it was people thinking well I like, you know I wouldn't normally go buy carpool right now but I might need it in so I'll get some oh and I'll get one for my for my grandchildren and maybe I'll get one for my you know my, my sister's kids and suddenly you've bought a few things which you wouldn't normally buy and the shelves are cleared out so it is I think it was such a scary time but of course there's no way that you win a Barnes of Spirit award by being purely selfish in lockdown. It sounds like you were doing some good too. What, what were you up to in lockdown one? Well, my day job in Barnsley is, I run a, a childcare charity
1: based in Thurnska. And obviously in the first lockdown, we, we sort of immediately just shut as the schools did. Um, and, and that was strange in itself. We were there one day and being told to like, you know, we knew that this terrible illness was coming. And we were told to sort of prepare and and clean down and get get the rooms ready because, you know, children would still need childcare. And then literally uh, every time I switched on my computer, there was a new instruction saying, well, maybe you won't stay open or maybe you should stay open or maybe you shouldn't stay open. So we had, you know, sort of 48 hours where they said, you know, it was all a bit uncertain. And then we shut very quickly, literally went in. And within two hours had a message, everybody shuts. Wow. And again, that's a bit weird. So um we decided that we really needed to keep connected with all our our families because it's all like us being frightened and just shutting and going home. But you know, we we have a we have a great relationship with our family. We've got nearly a hundred families on the books, and much as we were scared, they're scared as well. Yeah. So you know, we immediately sort of kicked into action, so to speak, and I just thought, well, we'd just take contact details home and and that sort of thing. And I wasn't really sure what to do to start with, so I thought, well, we'd we'll just ring round people and see how they are, because you know, I, I was still working. I had to be working from home, but there was no reason that I shouldn't, you know, find some something valuable to do. And yeah. I thought, well, I'm just going to people. So. I sort of made it a bit of a thing that at least once a week, if not once a fortnight, I'd ring everybody and just say, hi, how are you? Anything worrying about you? You know, anything we can do to help? Because people weren't sure then about, you know, how to get medicines and what would happen with the benefits and, you know, any range of things. And we've all learned it. And I didn't always have the answer, but sometimes you would know a little bit or sometimes you could just talk somebody through. So wow. it was actually really interesting talking to people because most people just wanted somebody to talk to. You know, it wasn't big stuff. And they'd just say, oh, I've been stuck in the house three weeks now with the kids. And I'd normally go and see my mom or we would normally go to the park. But, we, you know, I'm really struggling. I feel very isolated. It's just nice to talk to somebody. So, you know, we weren't, we weren't inventing a vaccine you know, anything important like that. But we were keeping in touch and then, you know, trying to do little things. So, you know, a couple of times we'd send out a little parcel to each child and it'd have a in and some activity sheets. And luckily I've got a great friend who runs a, a charity that distributes children's books. So he let me have loads of books. And so we could send a little parcel out to each child. And that had a massive impact. Loads of people were messaging in saying, was really important not the book itself but receiving a book knowing that somebody cares yeah each shall be personalised letter so you know it was little things like that but I have to say I was not doing this on my own you know I couldn't do these things without other people that I worked with like my friend who runs reread at Doncaster um the Salvation Army the schools that I work with so it's not really an award for me at all, by any stretch of the imagination. It's about recognising that people in are all pulled together and we hopefully made people's lives a little bit less stressful at a really difficult time. Which is exactly
0: what it's about. I mean, the, this pandemic, if nothing else, it really seems to have reignited that sense of community, which is, is so lovely. You know, we hear people uh, maybe a couple of generations above myself talking about, you know how things like their parents would talk about war times and how it banded people together and we've never really had anything since those times that has in the same way forced us as a country to pull together and that seems to have done this i only hope that once it's all over we'll we'll keep those those roots you know that we'll keep shopping local and supporting independence and and keep in touch with our neighbors and just those little things that we've acquired yeah i I really hope we hang on to them Um, and going into lockdown too so obviously you were very busy in lockdown one uh, lockdown two is looking to be shorter. Mercifully, we hope so. Um, four weeks. Are you Are you planning to sort of do any of the things you were doing the first time round? Are you still keeping in touch with people? Well, what we decided to do. I mean, we're still open because
1: we're childcare. We're still allowed to be open, and quite a lot of our family, uh, our services are for parents who are going out to work, so they, their children are in school and they need us to look after their children after school. Right. So you know, and a lot of people are still working because often if you're working from home, you still need your children looking after because I think working from home is actually really hard. And I think we need to, you know, <laughs> shout out for the parents. And I know you've done it. You're yes. looking after child while you're working. So we are still open, but sort of since the very start of the pandemic, we've always kept an eye on what the people need. So to start with, they needed contact, they needed activity practice, and that as things have opened up they've needed different things so we've got families who have been put onto either shorter hour working or furlough or things that have impacted on their family income you know so we're not talking people on long term benefits we're talking people that you know people yeah. who are working but just very limited so mm. we've been trying to support them with sort of um what well, we call them holiday hampers or food hampers it's not food parcels we're not uh, we're not a food bank There are food banks and they do great work and we can refer on there if necessary. But sometimes we'll just give out a little pack that's maybe got some pasta in and a few tins and that, just to help out, just to make up that little bit of a shortfall, let people know that we still care, let people know that it's out there. But everybody needs something slightly different. So some people would need something like that. Other people need a bit of um, moral support and guidance about, oh, do you know about any jobs going? do you understand how I get into the benefit system? So then we can refer on to people that can help them with that. So we're not to take a one size fits all approach. Yeah. So we're doing our day work, looking after the kids, but for the families that need a little bit of extra help, uh, just trying to be very personalised. And I think that's come through in this pandemic more than anything, that you can have big projects that look after lots of people, So, you know, obviously the uh, free school meal vouchers throughout the holidays are fantastic for people on free school meals. So we have those great big national projects, but sometimes it's the little local projects just helping out here or just helping there. So one of my colleagues um, works for something called Big Local Thurnska and they're just giving out little tiny grants of just a couple of hundred pounds to help people set up new little businesses. So whether they're cooking cakes or mending guitars, all these new things that are coming out. So again, it's about understanding
0: what very small groups of people need. So particularly, I think you're right, at this time of year as well, going into Christmas, it's never been more important to, to let people know that we're there for them, whatever they may need, big or small. Um, Christmas is going to be a bit of a strange one this year. H- how are you kind of approaching it? Are you able to make any plans with family? Are you keeping everything very flexible until you find out a bit more where we're going to be at? Well, from a personal point of view, I, am, I, I can't really think that far
1: ahead. I've sort of got a few ideas about, well, if we're allowed to do this and if we're allowed to do that. But for my own personal well-being, I have to set myself up for, we're probably not going to see anyone. And then if we do, it'll be better. Yes. For me, the idea that we would cancel Christmas on Christmas Eve because we're not allowed to see each other would be devastating. Mm. So big girl pants on and just say, (laughs) you know, at some point we will all get together. It may not be the 25th of December, but we, we're we a big family. So we've traditionally not always met on the 25th of December. So, you know, we need to do that. It's a bit trickier at work because we do lots of things like Santa comes and visits, and you know, things like that. And, and that isn't able to happen. No. So we're having to be a little bit creative. So we've been on the hotline to Santa and hopefully I'll be making a video for the children out in
0: Thernske where I work. No, he's really busy, but I think he's going to squeeze us in. I'm sure he will. And I hope it is such a wonderful Christmas uh, for you, for your family, and uh, for everybody, and that we just hang in there until 2021. I'm sure things are going to be looking much brighter soon. Charlotte, thank you so, so much.
1: Oh, Nikki, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I hope you and your family and those that are close to you stay safe and you know this won't happen forever we're gonna get back Mm -hmm. and hopefully like you say remember all the great lessons that we've learned the things that we've missed are the things that are most important and that's family and friends absolutely Charlotte thank you so much uh look after yourself Nikki you too